I'm afraid that is the nature of like of, of cemeteries. It's a ripoff business of a first magnitude. Okay. On that note, I want to welcome everybody to the Saturday night special of the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy stein and i want to thank everybody that's been downloading the show and remind people to download the show go to our rumble channel and subscribe and rant away with us uh we like to see you so come on do that and to the people that listen to us on rumble you could download and stream the show anyways doesn't hurt give us that five star review uh we would not mind and i want to welcome everybody. we would be humbly grateful we we need it we don't, we're not just we're not just uh, saying we wouldn't mind. We would be humbly grateful. We would be very humbly humble, grateful. Very humbly grateful. And we'd be very humble and we'd be very grateful. Yes. And of course, uh, remember, benstein.substack.com. We are joined tonight from the Roth Draft, contributing editor at Newsweek, Daily Caller, pretty much anywhere else that will take his articles. He's been running the him. country for God the last two, two nights. Mm -hmm. Great. Peter Roth. God bless you, Peter. And for now on, Peter, just for people that are listening on the audio, which most of you are, Peter, um, for now on, when you tell people you visited somebody, it's always nice to preface it with they're dead. And well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're, you know, do, do you know who Isaac Singer was? The great, great Yiddish novelist, Isaac Singer? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. He, you, you, you've heard of him, though, Peter, of course, and and he, he at one point, uh, he, uh, he's written, he's written a number of, of stories. Uh, he's, he is, is, of course, no longer living, but he, uh, he wrote a number of stories about uh, the emigres uh, from uh, Eastern Europe, Poland, especially, who, who whom he would see at uh, various haunts of such people on the uh, west side of Los Angeles. Oh, sorry, beg your pardon, Manhattan. Long ago, long before the war, and uh, and uh, some narrator says, uh, "Well, how, how does it feel to be among the dead?" And and Isaac Singer says, "There are no dead," and it's one of the most haunting, uh, one of the most haunting lines I've ever heard. He he was a, of course an incredible genius on every level, but mm -hmm. uh, that was a great one. And by the way, Peter, since you obviously know him, uh, you would know that. At one point, he's also talking about Hollywood, and uh, he's he says uh, Hollywood is an insane asylum, a real one, and he and he's totally right about that. Hollywood is an insane asylum, a real one. As somebody just wrote in the rants, Ben Stein, exclamation point, Bueller, Bueller, love you. Uh, God bless you. So, God bless you. Of course, the show would not be complete without speechwriter to two presidents, got Ronald Reagan the third. Obviously, he's an aficionado of ice cream sandwiches, multiple Emmy Award winner, lawyer, for, former lawyer for the FTC, college professor, Yale valedictorian. Yes, by friends voting for him, not by merit alone. Uh, he is. Well, that is a form of merit, if I may say so, because I, I did something very brave to uh, get my my classmates to vote for me, which is I stood up to one of the bullying teachers. A man named Gordon Spivak, a very famous expert in antitrust, and I said, if he did not stop bullying the class by asking incredibly impossible questions that we were supposed to answer, which were genuinely impossible to answer, I said I would take my clothes off and start reciting the names of the Vietnam War dead, and uh, 
he, Mr. Spivak, was so furious and upset by this that he literally scooped up his papers off the desk and walked out of the room and out of Yale Law School. And, but it has a kind of a uh, happy ending for him. He went down to Wall Street and became a big, big, big time antitrust lawyer. And at one time was, I believe, the highest paid antitrust lawyer in America, earning well in excess of seven figures. So um, as he once said to one of our friend, our mutual friend, fucking Benji Stein, he did me some good and some bad. Uh, I, th I think you probably did him some more good than bad. And it's just, I think it's, so it, too, although, the, I, yeah, I think so too. But it's very reminiscent of you, of that phone call you got from Donald Rumsfeld, uh, and which is, so the people that are just tuning in, uh, we shared this story before, but it's one of my favorite stories, just because how Ben told me the story. And we were walking one day, we were walking dogs, and Ben, I asked him how he, he got fired from, the Nixon administration or the Ford administration. And uh, he said, Donald Rumsfeld called him up on the mm -hmm. phone and said, Ben, do you like your job? And Ben said, yes. And he said, well, I like it very, very much. You might want to start looking for another one. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that firing by Rummy uh, got, you know, created a whole new Avenue uh, for Ben Stein. And uh, yep, I an Avenue that led from a modest home at 4411 Klingle Street in Wesley Heights, a neighborhood I'm sure you know at least a little bit, to a mansion in Beverly Hills. Bulls, <laughs> movie stars. Uh, you bet. Uh, okay, everybody, welcome Saturday night. We try to have a little fun on a Saturday night. and uh, We try to have fun every night. We do. We Life do is very, very short. Life is too short, so love the one you got because you might get run over you might get shot but um so ben uh i uh i'm not i'm not sure if you saw this story there's a couple of really scary stories but i i i'm I, I was actually called you know you're always asking me about my love life and my uh i was i really want to hear about it well there's nothing to really hear but i was called a bigot and uh a bigot uh, a bigot or did you say you did she say you had a big it no 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 bigot and uh because judah don't do pronouns and oh uh, i don't uh, judah's very honest about not doing pronouns and then this person said to me and i was really funny i, I don't understand that let's try that how can you not do a pronoun I well I, I do pronouns in sentences but i will i don't go by she her they i'm i'm judah it's uh it it, it, it when you're in the not when that when you're in the binary world, binary world, whatever you want to call it, or the trans world, this is a very important thing that we must call them they or she or the, the, the whatever. New, and the new fad is to append the pronouns you wish to be referred to by. Right, I've heard about I've heard about that. I've heard about that. Well, that's a big thing. And then she uh, and then she said, "Well, what do you call yourself?" And I and I said. I said, uh, I said, Hunker, Hunker, burn and love. I said, come on, stop with the semantics. And because you know exactly what that was. And she wrote me like this, like really long paragraph at the end, calling me a bigot, not allowing me to You're respond. You're kidding. No, I said, a stupid idiot. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, 100%. But this is the fight we're fighting of mental illness in our country. I'm and so. 
And what's really scary is there's a there's a, a singer. I mean, not a singer, a, 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 a college Olymp, a college medal swimmer, Riley Gaines, who is mm-hmm. assaulted by trans people at uh, where was it? San, Fran- San Francisco State University. At San Francisco State. And by the way, Republicans, I got to say this: stop going to speak at San Fran- San Francisco, Berkeley. They're not going to accept you with mm-hmm. open arms. I I got it. I got to say. And there's really no other way to put it. And it's awkward because this is a conversation about transgenderism. But it really takes balls to go to San Francisco State University <laughs> to denounce transgenderism for the way it's corrupted women's collegiate. Well, let, let's let's say it like this. Riley I think that's pretty damn good. Peter. Riley Gaines is the best swimmer in college as far as females <laughs> go, as far as females go, as far as biologically and scientific uh what we have we define a woman as far as people who were at no time in their life men yes and i can't believe this is the only time that ben would ever agree with um richard dawkins but richard dawkins came out and said this and he was of course annihilated by the left because what did he say i I know he said that there's only two sexes Mm-hmm. And uh, for people on the left, I, even a Richard Dawkins, that takes a lot of guts. It takes a mm-hmm. lot of courage mm-hmm. to come out and say this. And Riley Gaines was the best female swimmer in college. But of course, there was that uh, the woman man from Stanford, the man from Stanford. Uh, well, what did he what does he, she go by now? He go by now. Uh, Leah Thompson or whatever it is. I think that's what it is. Not yeah. the movie actress. Leah yeah. Thompson. Thompson. I knew her. Uh, of course she was married to a friend of mine i forget who it was uh oh don't tell me it's the writer it's um it's the guy that wrote some no, it's a writer and director yeah it's going to come to me and john hughes of course gave him his start yes yes and, yes uh, i knew him through john hughes yeah and uh is it deutsch howie deutsch yeah howie deutsch, right. because because their daughter's a very successful actress zoe deutsch mm-hmm. um so there you are and it really just ben this is a. Uh, uh, the left is absolutely weaponizing mental illness, and uh, they are always uh, have. But, but to, in ways I've I've not I haven't seen in my life. Like you, you, yeah, you've experienced a lot in your generations, but I haven't seen what they're doing now. Uh, in in the form we're talking about point 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 whatever percent of zero percent of a group. And there are obviously Budweiser's now, or Bush is in bed with them now, naming a spokesperson. Bush is in bed with them? <laughs> Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch yeah. is in bed with them. He knows. And uh, Ben knows. And Ben, most people just aren't. And most people are scared to death, to scare, scared for their livelihoods to say this is absolute insanity. And it's like, I'll I know, but I'm not. Because I'm married to a saintly goddess who will protect me. That that is very true, but a lot of people aren't married to that saintly goddess. You're not kidding. But, I'm but, damn glad that's true. But, Boy, but, I sure would not want to share her with anyone. But people are absolutely terrified to speak up. You have some country singers that came out this week and said they're going to stop using Bush beer on their tours. And that's a good idea. God bless Travis, Travis Tritt, Kid Rock. I love and, Travis. And, I, was uh, in the, I was in a TV show with him once. And John Rich. So God bless these people for mm-hmm. standing up because what, listen, what we're talking about, Ben, is it, I mean, all kidding aside is an extremely dangerous thing. And as I always say, nobody ever says to an anorexic person, 
You look great. Keep. I don't know that. I don't know about that. I have a girlfriend who's an anorexic, and she does look great. Actually, you know her very well, my friend Tiffany. She's incredibly gorgeous. Yeah, but nobody ever says to them, "Keep losing weight." And uh, right, that's true. And nobody ever says, with all honesty, and not on a serious note, Ben. Nobody ever says, "Keep taking off the weight. You look fantastic." And right, and no one also. So if you're really, really fat, nobody says keep eating and gain more weight. But 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 getting to the point, we have this trans stuff where people are telling people to cut off their you know what's or what. Or, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait 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 a minute! What do you what do you what what do you talk? What do you talk? What do Peter Roth? I can't. I can't, what are you talking? We know what he's talking? talking, Peter Roth. Now, what are you talking about? So people are telling people to cut off their penises um, if they if they have them, or to take drugs to prevent the development of breasts. If you're, if well, I think we've already on, seen quite a lot of that around they're, here. They're they're intervening in in at, at a time when kids begin to <clears> notice <throat> that there's a difference between boys and girls. And they wonder about those differences and they wonder, would I rather be this or would I rather be that? Not that they can, ostensibly not that they can make changes. There are counselors and other people in in the communities who are trying to intervene and saying, oh, well, your curiosity means obviously that you're you're misgendered, that you have the wrong. Oh, my God, misgendered. I never even heard that word before. What, what, What does misgendered mean? Misgendered means that the body parts you have are the wrong body or the reproductive parts that you have are the wrong parts for the person that you really are inside. It's insane. Okay, well, so they're crazy. In but other people words. take this seriously. Because they said they're crazy. In other words. Yeah, the problem is, yeah. Ben, the, the, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. The problem is, is that Listen, as you've often discussed, and, and it's so important to, to talk about this, we base policy on what, 14% of the population? We uh, base, that's, uh, that's very good. We, we, we base, what 14%? Well, would obviously, those be? obviously black, obviously, obviously trans, obviously every, uh, uh, who, everybody who uh, fits the intersectionality slip. And it's so important to know this because knowing history, what percentage of what was it with Nazi Germany, Ben, that belonged to the Nazi or to the National Socialist Party? Well, very, very little at the beginning. It got to be quite well, a lot. Well, what percentage? But, uh, I'm saying, I'm asking. At the beginning, it couldn't even be counted. It was so small, but uh, it got it got to be. Uh, it, it never got to be more than half. And uh, in the in Soviet Union, uh, I, I don't think the members of the Communist Party ever got to be more than half. But people really can be influential if they're loud and aggressive. I had the incredible honor, incredible honor, when I was in college of being friends with Milton Friedman, not just a student, but friends, because his parent, he, he had gone to graduate school at the University of Chicago with my mom and pa, and he had grown up knowing me. In fact, was one of the few people uh, at college who called me Benji, which he had learned from my parents. And he used to say the smaller the group, the more militant, the more active, and the more results they get. And he was referring to the pro-Israel lobby, uh, but it's true of other lobbies as well. And it's uh, it's a scary thing, uh, and I don't know what to say about it, but I've been thinking, 
really prodigiously about it since you and I had a conversation this afternoon about it, my dear, dear, dear friend. And that was that uh, I don't think you can cure people from being mentally ill, uh, but you can cure them from uh, shouting down a speaker who's been invited to your campus. I'm I'm reminded of a uh, great, great line from the incomparably great Martin Luther King Jr., who said, "I the law can't keep a man from hating me, but it can keep him from lynching me. And I think that's something, said Dr. King. And the same I would say about these people who shout down speakers at uh, universities uh, who have come and at the invitation of the universities to speak. Uh, I don't think we can help to cure mental illness uh, by at least, by any anything I, I can think of right offhand, but we can arrest people who disturb the peace. Well, I, I don't think that that's mental illness. I think okay, well, God bless you. Classic agitprop and attention-seeking behavior. Um, the smaller your group, the louder and more militant you have to be to get attention. And since because of social media, the bullhorns are bigger now and make more noise, your capacity to dominate the conversation grows exponentially, kind of like um, Moore's law on the production. And, you know, we lost Gordon Moore, one of the founders from Intel uh, a week or two ago, who really changed the home computer business and was a brilliant man and an innovator, um, the kind of person we should pay attention to instead of this, this bald lunatic who's chasing Riley Gaines down the hall at San Francisco State University. But what, what occurs to me right here is, it used to be that the Nazis, the communists, would use mental illness as a way to make people who were opposed to their regimes disappear. Mm -hmm. the, right the communists especially, the communists especially. You go to a state psychiatric hospital. Never to return. You were given drugs and you were never seen again. You're given haloperidol, which made people suicidal and which suicidal. And I might add, my dear friend, Peter, I'm heartbroken when I see even now, 2023, people who are suffering from extreme anxiety given Haldol, which yes. is the same as haloperidol. And it astounds me that that is being done. Yes. And, and what we have, but what we have now is the people with these anxieties and these disorders are being turned loose on everybody else. And we're all told we're supposed to keep our hands off them. And their, their agenda is setting social policy. I remember in the 80s when Rudy Giuliani wanted to start arresting the homeless people in New York. Great City idea. For their Great own idea. safety, because they were out in the cold and they were dying in the middle of the winter. And the ACLU filed suit successfully and said, if these people want to be outside in the cold and at risk, they should be allowed to, even mm -hmm. though they're not capable of a rational thought. And I think some of these people who are active in the transgendered cause are not really capable of rational thought in this particular sliver. It, it's kind of like one of my, one of my children is schizophrenic. And I wouldn't let him be setting public policy for the country either. Like He's John Fetterman. Man, I'd love him deeply. 
but I would not want him setting public policy for the country, knowing that part of his outlook in the world is driven by delusional thinking. That's extremely. I couldn't agree with you more, and it's brilliantly and very bravely put, if yeah. I may say so. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I have relatives who suffer from the same disease, and uh, yeah, it's a very serious disease. And I think the, the, the exact, you're exactly right. It is scary to think that people who are, at least to me, quite clearly schizophrenic, and I want to emphasize I'm not a medical doctor. I have spent a hell of a lot of time with medical doctors, a hell of a lot. But uh, I do think that uh, you, they're, it's awfully hard to cure them. And I don't know what curing them even means, but you can shut them the hell up. At, in a public gathering and uh i think your but your point is so smart even if you do that they can now speak to us all through the internet and dis dispense craziness 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 all out over the nation and it's just an absolute terror just horror show really 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 sad no, it's, it's first of all, Peter, you, thank you for your honesty. I think I and I, I think honesty. Very, on very wonderful. And, I think and, we and, should and, be very grateful. And, and the guts that it takes truly helps a lot of people. And listen, mental illness is a serious thing. It's You're a really, kidding. as we discussed, it, it is. And there's obviously levels of mental illness. But the reality is, even for people that are bipolar, the, the success rate is very hard. It's very difficult because the second many of them stop feeling better, they take they stop taking their medicine. Right. And, and we have heart rendering. Heart rendering. It's, 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 re it's really heartbreaking. And we and, and sometimes the, when they feel better, they stop taking their medicine. Well, that's what I said. When they're feeling good, they stop feeling better. Right. And 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 Ben, what's heartbreaking is that the left is using them as science experiments. Heart rendering. They're, they're using them as science experiments. To, 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 I, to, I, I don't even know what to, to, to rule the, to rule the country. I don't even know what, Ben, but it's it, the idea. You can't change the social order that's been with us for 5,000 years in which the nuclear family is the essential building block of society. Well, these are people who are, who have no idea about the solidity or they just have an idea about uh, destruction, about just, they know how to, they know how to destroy, but not to create. And uh, it's very sad. I don't think they wake up in the morning thinking to myself, now, how am I going to fuck up the world today? But I think somehow it comes out that way. And uh, well, because it's a they're very a prop. sad thing. Ben, they're, they're a social media prop. And I, I think it comes right out of their own heads. I don't think George Soros is telling them to do I, it. But I, without a doubt, uh, the San Francisco-based thing was they were being ushered to do that. Without a doubt, they're they, 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 they're being steered by social media. I didn't necessarily say George Soros, although it is odd, funny that you bring up George Soros because I was thinking to myself, how come the right doesn't? And I said this to Peter earlier today. How come on the right there we don't have the boogeyman that uh, gets people into power in these positions. Why they're all extremely very wealthy billionaires uh, in, in the Republican movement, Ben, and none of them are paying loads of money. Is, is, is. To, 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 loads of it's money to get cheap. prosecutors and legislators into power. 
They were at one point, I think, uh, but they're not now. And uh, it's a very it's a very good question. But I think we ought to go back to something really basic, Judah, which you put on my plates this afternoon as I was driving around in my car, my very wonderful car, my very wonderful old car. And, and that is, uh, to what extent is politics a manifestation of mental illness? And to what extent is this current explosion in anger, fear, and uh, dis dismay about uh, non-binary uh, arrangements in sex, what, to what extent is that politics and to what extent is it mental illness? And to what extent is the Democrat Party at this point guided by people who are who are mentally ill but are pretending that they are actually speaking for freedom of some kind of sexual behavior, some kind of sexual attitude? That's a that's a very interesting point that I had not. Yeah, I, I hate to say this, but I think Nazism, not National Socialism, was was a form of mental illness. And my wife, God rest her soul, she's resting actually right now, reading a book. But I don't mean she's dead. She, I hope will not be dead until no, long. No, she's watching dead. us. Oh, that's right. Of course, she's watching us. That's right. Uh, I think that there is so much mental illness mixed in with people's political viewpoints and attitudes. It's uh, it's very dangerous and scary. And uh, we we didn't legitimize it or say it was fine or say that we were wrong and horrible people to try to control crazy people's crazy behavior. And now we say it's wrong to try to control crazy people's crazy behavior. And that's a really, really scary, scary situation. And there's crazy. The, the 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 person standing there screaming at the top of their lungs in right. front of a speaker because they disagree with it is it is one kind of crazy. But the megalomaniacal type, the person who sits back and and he he may not even be in the in the classic sense mentally ill, but whose ego is so far out of control that he believes that he knows what's best for everyone else. And to, to use an overused phrase, has the money to allow him to play God? Those people tend to gravitate, I think, to the left. Now, why do you think that would be? I'm not really sure why, but I think- I'm not sure why either, but I think you're definitely right. I, I mean, I, I think that's actually a good question. And I think because, uh, I first of all, Let's just clarify. Uh, there's a there's been a major shift in liberalism in the left. There has been. Yes. Let, let, let's be perfectly clear about that, that a lot of us have. I mean, Ben, like he said, helped start certain movements. Ben was there. Ben was uh, marching for civil rights. This it, 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 long it, time ago, long time ago. So this isn't leftism is a disease. Liberalism is not and we have to separate them the sad part is the democrat party like the walking dead has been in has has been bit and they've all become this 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 uh diseased diseased group peter so I, it's it's birds of a feather flock together so if you have a bunch of people condoning insanity of course that's where the insane is going to go you i think that's a very good point that's a brilliantly taken point yeah. but it's a very scary point as well uh and i i sort of wonder where it started i think it all started with with race and the people saying uh 
if you're if you are opposed to letting the black people do anything they want you're a racist and thereby you're insane and uh and and that that just opened the floodgates so that anybody would say you're a racist at any time that he disagreed with you yes i know that uh, a few days ago uh, i had run into a woman uh, a very 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 beautiful young woman uh and who was looking for a condo a uh in west hollywood and i happened to own a couple of them and uh, we're not selling them but I just and I wanted to show her what I thought was the absolutely best of condos in West Hollywood and I was showing her and I, actually a couple of other people at the same time these condos and one of them had some civil war memorabilia that I have been collecting including a really really uh beautiful uh stars and bars pillow and she looked at it and she said oh that's racist isn't it and I said, well, yes, it is, but it's also a, a Civil War souvenir, and I think one of some value. And interestingly enough, this woman, a, a really, really sharp cookie, uh, and who makes an absolutely fucking fortune, by the way, being beautiful, uh, uh, she said, yes, and she said, my best friend is a descendant, a direct descendant of Robert E. Lee. So I thought to myself, well, there we get we get some connection to a, to this very smart woman who can understand that to have some connection to Robert E. Lee does not mean you're insane. Peter, I think that's I, I think that's right, but it, it's it's not we it, somewhere in at the, at the end of the seventies after Dr. King was murdered, and I was very young at that time. I, I get the sense that the movement towards equality became a movement towards superiority and domination. Oh, but that's that all, that's always true. That's true of communists and national socialists. Yeah. That, that's here always in America, true. That moving is producing its most robust, richest fruit right now. That 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 having established themselves as victims, they now want to be assuaged, compensated. Um, they want the they want all of the all of the relationships to flip. They want the pyramids to 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 turn over so that everything that was will be gone and everything that is leaves them in positions of telling everybody else what to do. And I, there's very one true. thing that just drives me crazy in government. It's the people who think that they can tell everybody else what to do. And I think the difference largely between conservatives and liberals or conservatives and leftists on this is good. Conservatives who are crazy just want to be left alone to be crazy. Don't bother <laughs> me. I just agree. Like crazy, leave me alone. But, but the leftists who are crazy first want everybody to endorse their crazy as normal and then to adopt those behaviors and they're willing to use the absolutely absolutely you know peter I, i'm going to use myself as an as as an example and i think ben will understand this and you might understand this to a certain extent because i used to say this all the time i i while i was delving into hell uh i never wanted to bring people with me I never, that was never my agenda. But when do you mean when you're delving when, during, during, during the old drinking days? Uh, I oh. never, I, I, I realized mm. this was, I, I, I didn't want to uh, bring others down with me, Peter. I always, mm -hmm. and I think there's a difference. That's what separates a lot of others is, hey, I, we're, I'm going down to the abyss. 
you're coming with me. I'm going to bring you with me. And uh, not doesn't mean I'm, uh, I'm better. Or, I, mean, I just I just knew that I didn't want other people going down that abyss with me. And I think misery does love company. It uh, and it's a very frightening thing. It's a very frightening thing that people are using me mentally ill people. They're not just usually mentally mentally ill people. They're using a lot of people in our country to enhance their political goals. And it's a frightening thing. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'll say about that, Ben. That's well worth saying. Uh, but uh, as I say, you're going to really be in for the fight of your life trying to get some kind of order and control out of people who are mentally ill and who are and whose mothers and fathers and uh, children and uncles and aunts are on their side and are saying you're a son of a bitch for saying that my kid is mentally ill. I'll give you a, a example, a really startling example that was told to me uh, many, many years ago by a very, very, very close friend who's a psychoanalyst, a big giant name in psychoanalysis in Los, Los Angeles. And he, he said uh, a, a very interesting thing. I have a relative who's schizophrenic mm -hmm. and the, he was saying about how when he started studying schi uh, schizophrenia and uh, mental illness generally, uh, it was generally believed that uh, people uh, were made into schizophrenics by the schizophrenogenic mother, who was uh, a mother who was not there, who could not be relied upon, counted on by the child, who instead of comforting the child, frightened the child, so that the child became like a spinning compass wheel, uh, with, with only with no place to anchor it. So it just kept spinning and spinning and spinning. But he said that upset schizophrenogenic mothers and they started a political not a medical a political not a scientific movement to have the the uh dsm-3 which is the diagnostic diagnosis book of diagnoses of mental illness changed so that it said that uh, people became schizophrenic because of political and social pressure pressures or and or from uh, genetics and not from the influence of their parents. And that has now completely taken over that field. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. And very, very much, very, very much uh, has affected the behavior of these children and their families. It's extremely well said, because a lot of people are not familiar with this. And you could stand me, people could stand if, me if I'm corrected. Uh, Marty Mann, I believe, was one of the first women in AA, Peter, and she fought to name alcoholism a disease. And the reason she did this was to take the stigma away from it, was to name it a mental illness because people were not getting help. They were looked at as morally bankrupt and all these things. And in my humble opinion, while I understand why she did it, it has affected negatively uh the way we treat addiction in our in our country because um you you often hear people it referring to their addiction or to their mental health as a, like a third party hmm. uh it, it, i often hear, would say hear that again, say it as, again as like a third as like a third party as like a third it, it, it's like a, the third entity the third rail in their life and it, I, I would and i'd often hear people say 
oh, my disease is doing push-ups and my disease is doing sit-ups while I'm sitting. And I'm like, what do you, what do you, where do you even get this from? And it's a very, uh, it's, it, it, it's a very slippery slope, but I love what Ben is talking about with DSM and people are not familiar with that. I encourage you, heavily encourage you to uh, look at uh, study about the DSM because it's very interesting stuff, Peter, especially you would know with your son. Well, there, there are a lot of things in the DSM or that used to be in the DSM and classified as mental illnesses that are no longer. As classified as what? I'm sorry. I didn't hear classified as. I didn't hear after that. Yeah. That, that classified used, as. Used to be classified as mental illnesses that are no longer. I'm and sorry. I still didn't hear that word. Oh, DSM mental illness. Uh, okay, I, I, uh, uh, okay, so we're in a difficult situation now because we have now, so to speak, legitimized mental illness and said yeah. that it is a, a, that it is a political statement and B, that it's not the fault of the person who's running around throwing up in the street and standing on a sidewalk and screaming. It's the fault of uh, the person who's the president of the bank. Or, or, yeah. or, or. There's no, there's no, what do you call it to it? There's no personal responsibility to things. And as we've discussed oftentimes, Ben, when we pass the homeless people, I'm often saying to you, and I've said this on the show before, they don't, to that, and you know, you, you like that poor schmuck to them, they're living there. <laughs> they're on the phone. In, in a way, the homeless people have become part of the commons. And so, oh God, I, I think you're right, but it's horrible, but that's horrible. It's that's awful. true. Um, and if you if you go through San Francisco, I mean, I, I don't know if they've caught the fellow that founded Cash App, murdered the fellow that founded Cash App yet or not. Um, he was he he had just moved to Miami because San Francisco was no longer safe. And he was back in San Francisco walking with a couple of people at two thirty in the morning after having dinner. And somebody ran up and stuck him with a knife twice. Oh, my God. Yeah. And. 50-50, it was a homeless person. Oh, yeah. Oh, and 50-50, yeah. and, and If it's Peter, a stabbing, if it's a stabbing on a city and street, 50, it's 50, a homeless Peter, person. Uh, they catch him, and 50-50. I, I don't know. And no, I'm, saying, I'm saying I, the odds are 50-50. They will probably catch somebody. Yeah, and the odds are he's with 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 their bail reform and their and, and, and California's, he, 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 he goes to a mental institution and it's just another death uh, due to due to homeless due to this epidemic that we have in our society where nobody really cares. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the Saturday night special of the world. According to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, I want to welcome the ranters. I see you. I want to welcome the people that are going to be listening to this later on. Benstein.substack.com. You could also find Peter Roth at the Roth draft newsweek daily caller, pretty much anywhere. Um, and of course, Icon and iconoclast Ben Stein. I, I I think it's extremely important that we talk about this leak that happened yesterday, Ben. Well, and, what was uh, that? Was that, was that uh, uh, Peter? Why don't you tell him? Uh, the New York Times reported that we have thoroughly infiltrated all of the Russian military and national and international security apparatus, so we know what they're doing even before they do it, and we've been funneling all of this information to Ukraine. And the I, DOJ, I, I do believe that. And the DOJ is now looking. Well, the DOJ actually uh, came out and said they're looking for the leaker. So, or the State Department. Who is it, Peter? The State Department of DOJ came out and said they're looking for, for the leaker. I think I think DOJ is looking, states looking, and the Defense Department is looking. 
And this is a this is an extremely frightening thing to Ben because it's not just Russia and Ukraine. It was China. It's the Middle East secrets. This is uh, th- there's a lot of information that ended up on the internet, and uh, it's it's obviously leaks happen. And I, I remember, but remember the last regime. The worst leaks were uh, what President Trump said. Uh, or phone calls that were taped. None, that, none, of, none, of, none of which was ever confirmed or verified. Yeah. Um, but And always the result of anonymous sources. And as, as a journalist, I try to eschew the use of anonymous sources in my reporting as much as possible. If you don't want to put your name to it, I don't really want to hear it because you're peddling gossip and you're peddling opinion. But this stuff, like the, like the scope and methods of the, of the data, needed data collection, that, that the Times ran during the Bush administration. This, and as much as I didn't like what they were doing, these kinds of leaks are really dangerous. Mm. People end up dead over things like this in other countries because they're uncovered as spying for the United States and they're trying to help the people on the side of freedom win a war. And papers like the New York Times are running this stuff, and I think it's irresponsible. I don't know wildly what the judgment so. Is wow, but very scary, very scary stuff. I have to say that as I as I listen to this show, I think I, I really I'm very very grateful and impressed by you, Judah M. Friedman, for bringing us so together, and to my colleague and friend, my wonderful colleague friend, and I guess former neighbor Peter Roth for the points he's made. I think this is some very important stuff and I hope uh, we can keep going, but I keep thinking to myself, I'm awfully glad I live in this house in uh, what I hope is a safe neighborhood uh, with my uh, big wifey and uh, our many, many nurses and housemaids and so forth around the premises. Uh, so I can feel at least a little tiny bit safe because, wow, it does seem like there are a lot of crazy people around. And I hate to say this because uh, I know this is going to sound, uh, well, no, it won't. I think it will sound quite sensible. I, when I, when I, when we, wifey and I bought our house in the, uh, what I think I have to say is a pretty good block in Beverly Hills. Uh, I used to look out the door and all I would see was uh, flowers and plants and grass. And now once in a while, not very often, maybe once every six weeks, I see a homeless person, sometimes two. I don't want to see any more. And I'm just scared that there will be people, even in Beverly Hills, who will say, no, no, they have the right to be here. No, they don't have the right to be here. I'm sorry, they don't have the right to be here. Well, I, I think in Beverly Hills, what they'll say is they have the right to be out there somewhere else. Right, right. They have the right Peter's to be out there. Right, not in, my, not in my neighborhood. Not, not on my street. But... Right, but Peter, you brought up an interesting point before, by the way. I, I believe you meant the 90s with Giuliani because he was a prosecutor in the 80s and mayor in the 90s. If I'm not mistaken, uh, well, I'm not mistaken on that, but uh, uh, it, it's uh, Ben. It, th- this is really scary stuff to what Peter's talking about, and we uh, we 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 have right now uh, absolute craziness, and we saw the absolute chaos going on in New York City last week. And Trump apparently has two very new good lawyers, 
Uh, May I ask who they are? I, I didn't I didn't see they didn't have their names in the story I read, but supposedly uh, they are very good. I won't say <laughs> I won't stereotype and say why they are very good, but they've been uh, those lawyers have been his biggest allies and gotten him out of the impeachment hearings. One of them, uh, but uh, again, Ben, it what what happened in New York City last week? It it it's really frightening stuff. Well, you tell me. Well, with obviously with 34 counts of of oh yeah uh, bullshit of President Trump being indicted, and uh, it's it's very scary because we all know this is a joke. The problem is you very, get 12, very very bad joke very, very bad joke. But the problem is you could get 12 people in New York City that find them guilty. And, oh, easily, and, easily, easily. We could get 12. We get a million two hundred thousand easily. What do you do, Peter? I mean, what do you do in this situation? You move you move the trial out of New York City. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. The judge will never go for it. The judge, is, the judge, the judge has heard, a, I mean, I, I want to say he's heard the Steve Bannon case and he heard another big time Republican case. So I, I don't see that. Ben, you, you might know this. Is the, is, is, is the denial of a motion for change in venue appealable? Of course. Of course, what kind of a motion do you think is not appealable? That's very funny. I, I must say I have to laugh, although maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't I don't think there's such a thing as a motion that's not appealable. But the biggest problem is obviously Alvin Bragg is going to take this into 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, not necessarily, not necessarily. If they get a really sharp judge, uh, he can say the proceedings are all stopped till now, stopped till the question of venue is decided. And uh, let's just uh, all keep our heads about us, keep our wits about us and calm down. Ben, he's a Democrat judge. OK, his the, the, I'm saying what if the judge above him? Says oh, that. I understand what you're saying. So 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 I mean, I'm asking timetable. We're not the lawyer here. You are. So you need uh, to explain us this. This. I this. mean, they don't. Trump the timetable can, can vary tremendously. December. So what happens between now and December? Now the timetable, sir. The timetable can vary tremendously, and judges can take into account the political thicket and say, uh, "We have uh, allowed ourselves to be drawn into the political thicket. It was a mistake, and uh, we can uh, perhaps take ourselves uh, out of the political thicket by." Uh, by stopping, uh, pausing, and by going uh, along to a new venue. I, I agree, hard to do, not easy at all to do, but uh, it, it can be done. And that's why there are different kinds of lawyers. That's why there's Perry Mason and Hamilton Berger. And I think it's very important to bring up tonight that Greg Abbott uh, is, is going to pardon, God willing, that army sergeant that was convicted of... Uh, killing the black lives the black life black black life matter uh guy who took an assault rifle and pointed it at at at, at an innocent bystander and then that innocent bystander who legally could carry and conceal shot him dead and everybody told this george soros appointed prosecutor not to go ahead with this case of course he did and of course he got a guilty plea a guilty conviction ben but this guy's sitting in jail right now, and I'm reading the pardoning process. It's, an, it, it's a process. It's, oh, not, it's a it, terrible it, process. It, oh, Judah, it's a terrible process. Yeah. Judah, Judah, my dear, dear friend, at this very moment, until we started doing our wonderful show, I was sitting at my computer writing an essay, a 
for uh, the American Spectator, my dear, dear friends of many, many years standing, about the prosecutorial, the pro incredible problem of prosecutorial discretion and the fact that mm -hmm. prosecutors can do almost any damn thing they want. And this may be some a case in which the Supreme Court will set up some standards for prosecutorial discretion, or it may not be. But uh, I could, could not agree more that, that these are all difficult times. And I think we are living in an era of prosecutorial discretion revolution in which prosecutors have become the main mm -hmm. unsettlers mm -hmm. and uh, problem makers, troublemakers in the society. It is ex extremely well said. And Peter, to, to, to go It wasn't on. just an accident. I was valedictorian of the law school class at Yale. And, and, and Ben, to Peter's point, though, it's, uh, it's, uh, this is a really big question Republicans are going to have. Because as I heard somebody say last week, two wrongs don't make a right, but it makes you even. And it, 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 these people have opened the floodgates on themselves. And pretty much what people don't understand is anywhere you've done commerce, if you've done commerce in that state, or if you've done anything in those state, Republican prosecutors could go after you as well. So anything in the Biden in the Biden family where they've uh, Venmoed, Zellied, any 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 financial yeah, transactions called Zell. that have Zell that have gone through uh, the state of Texas or Florida could be prosecuted, Peter. Uh, that's very questionable. And but. Uh... Why not try? You know, why not try? There's a you know, Delaware uh, only has three counties, but one of them may have a Republican prosecutor. Absolutely, I know Delaware, Delaware very well, a, and I know I know it could could very well. The not Wilmington part of Delaware is very conservative. The what? This is the very the southernmost part. You bet. Part you bet. I know it well. I know very it well. Conservative. Know it well. But, but yet again, we haven't seen any. We haven't seen anything, and they've had this laptop for the better part of four and a half years. So I. I the idea of uh, of uh, Republicans prosecuting is uh, uh, far fetched. It, it is far fetched. And I know Ben's in what, a lot. What, what, I'm sorry. Say, what, say, I'm sorry. Say the last thing you said, Peter. Is saying that they haven't prosecuted anyone who flew down flew down on the island on Air Epstein either, other than Epstein and and his whom they murdered. They simply murdered without any kind of trial. I agree with that 100%. By the way, that's my dog having a dream. Oh. Um, uh, he's, 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 he's happily dreaming. But I know Ben's in a lot of pain. So no, I know I'm not. I, you know, what? I took some medicine and I'm not in a lot of pain anymore. And I would like to respectfully say let's let's now veer a little bit off, off topic. I took this medicine because I happen to have an incredibly wonderful doctor. And he will prescribe very strong painkillers for these very strong pains that I have. And I'm an old man and I'm not likely to, to uh, become a drug dealer. Uh, and uh, the fact that he prescribes these very strong medicines for me is to, to put it extremely mildly, a lifesaver. And the, the war on drugs is really a war on old people in pain. Well, I don't think it's just a war on old people in pain. I think it's the war on a, I think it's the war on a lot of people in pain. And I think the way they, um, they uh i think the way they've labeled it makes people very hesitant to uh take these medications and i think it's extremely dangerous if you're in pain in chronic pain and you're in severe pain uh they've literally scared 
the crap out of people into not being in pain. And uh, it's, it's a very dangerous game they're playing, Peter. Uh, you might think differently. That's, that's absolutely fine. But uh, I don't look at uh, Big Pharma always as the enemy, Peter. Absolutely not. Absolutely I not. I don't, I don't either. I think I, I, I don't think there's too much medicine in medicine. I think there's too much government in medicine. And it's wrong. very right. That's what Bob Bartley used to say. As I don't, I don't. Peter, you know so much. I'm sure you know about Bob Bartley. Bob was my boss when I was a columnist on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. And Bob was very, very, very anti uh, uh, National Institutes of Health in terms of their horrifying reluctance, horrifying to approve drugs and to speed drugs through the people who, through the people who needed them. And, and that that continues to be true. And I will say, as I may, if I may, I've never been, I think I can say, a drug addict. I think I can say I've never been a drug dealer. I can say that for absolutely sure. Uh, and uh, the fact that drugs, really, really useful, important drugs for people who are suffering minute by minute, are not allowed because of bureaucratic procedures is just disgusting and is a form of torture. No, I, I listen, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think it goes even further than that. I think part of why so many people are, are uh, I'd rather have kids stealing uh, from their parents' medicine cabinet, oxycodone, than, go, than going on the black market and getting oxycodone laced with fentanyl and dying. And, you bet, uh, and it's happening too. And, and, and it, 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 it's happening way too much. Yes. It's happening way, way, way too much. And I'm not condoning mm -hmm. by any means kids stealing oxycodone, but if you're going to steal something, I'd rather have it be known uh, that it's coming uh, straight from the, from the pharmacy than it is uh, from straight up off the streets. And kids are uh, a lot, quite a few people are dying from fentanyl and I, it's, I, it's called fentanyl. Fentanyl, way. and obviously, uh, I, I'm not condoning it. Uh, stealing out of your parents' drug cabinet, but uh, it's, it worked uh, incredibly well for me. Yeah, thank God. But and the point but, is, you but kids don't try that at home. Yeah, kids don't do, don't do that at home. And that, we have run out of time. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say what I am going to say. Well, I, I wish, can I thank everybody first? Sure, please. I want to thank the rumblers, the ranters, the truthers. I want to thank everybody that's been listening and giving up their Saturday night and giving up watching the MMA to uh, be here with us. And uh, I guess it was an MMA fight. I've never seen an MMA fight. So I just want to thank you all, the rumblers, the ranters, the truthers. And remember, uh, download the podcast, stream it, do whatever you got to do. Give us that five-star review. And likewise, to all the people that listen to this via the podcast, stream it, all that stuff. And remember, we will see everybody Tuesday night. You can find Peter at the Roth Draft. And I want to thank Peter because after he does most shows, he also writes up the blurb and it takes a, a lot off me. So thank you, Peter Roth. You My do pleasure. exceptional work. And I really just need to once again give you props on your honesty tonight about sharing your personal. Uh, and that's what we do on the show. We share our personal stuff. And uh, I think people, Peter, that's how people get help. Not through pro proselytizing but simply by sharing our experience, our strength, and our hope. And you have offered a lot of that tonight. So Peter Roth. And all it takes is a yeah. few good-hearted, intelligent, experienced men and women to hear what you said, chime in, and maybe some help to you. 
Yeah, perfectly said. And of course, I want to thank Ben Stein, where you can find them obviously on True Social. You can find them on Rumble. You can find them at Newsmax and you can find them at spectator.org. Ben, please take us out however you'd like. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. God bless you all. God bless America. God bless the world. We'll see everybody on Tuesday night. God bless you all.